At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is a look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got three great hours coming up for you today as we are going to be joined by a quadrant of great guests. Here in the first hour, we're going to be joined by Albert Wind. You're, you know, you may know him better as Analytics. Capri is going to be joining me in about 30 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at some futures really all across the board, a little bit of MLB, a little bit of NFL with him. Does a great job being able to cover so many different betting markets, so that is going to be a lot of fun in hour number two. We're going to be talking a little bit of MLB as Anthony DeBundo, he does a great job over there at the Action Network. He's going to be joining me 11.15 p.m. Pacific time for those of you guys out there on the East Coast, 2.15 a.m. And then we are going to be joined by Stephanie Adi, does a great job over there at Vegas Insider, also does some work over there at the Big Ten Network as well. Going to be talking some college football as Got to change it up a little bit. Been talking a lot of NFL on my recent shows the last few days, so got to give the college kids a little bit of love, and Stephanie's going to help me break that down in about an hour and 45 minutes. And then our number three, Ryan Kramer, does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's joining me 12.15 a.m. Pacific Time, 3.15 a.m. Eastern, so we've got you locked and loaded there. We wound up seeing some news out there in the NFL with a few signings. We've seen couple guys that decide they're not going to return for this upcoming season. So got a little bit to unpack there. But what we've really got to unpack and where the money has been recently here in Major League Baseball ever since the All-Star break, how about the big underdogs? And right now we've got a couple games that are pending. So this is going to be a little bit subject to change. But with Dodgers versus Washington Nationals pending and the Texas Rangers versus the Seattle Mariners pending, right now you've got a record of above 500 for teams that wound up closing on Tuesday as north of plus 120 underdogs. Really, the small favorites have been the one that have been cashing quite a bit recently. And if you're a fan of the Seattle Mariners, looks like this one is going to be all tied up between they and the Texas Rangers. And you wound up having the under. That is going to be the end of that. But certainly has been a case where it feels like in baseball right now, if you've been looking at things throughout the entirety of the season, it's been intriguing to take a look at the way to play underdogs because underdogs are for all for the year hitting at right around 40 and a half percent give or take a little bit sometimes the closing numbers wind up fluctuating just a tad because take a look at a game like the Chicago White Sox versus the Colorado Rockies there were a few places in which closed with the Rockies a very slight like minus 107 favorite other places that had the White Sox right around a slight like minus 110 favorite up to a minus 115 at DraftKings so those sometimes do wind up coming into play on that front, but 
certainly has been a case where the shorter underdogs have been less profitable for you, I think is the best word to put it, rather than some of these bigger underdogs. And I think that we're seeing sort of motivation season because there have been a few guys that have come out and are on the trade block right now that have really been able to perform very well. Look no further than Frankie Montas. Winds up being able to get the Oakland A's to the window by count of 5-3 to three in that one. And all of a sudden, the Oakland A's, by the way, have plated 20 runs in their last three games. That's actually going to be something that I'm going to be, ta- be talking about quite a bit in our number two. But it certainly has been a case where it's been a sort of situation where I feel like motivation does wind up coming into play a little bit more in terms of handicapping the Major League Baseball season right now because it is a 162-game grind. No matter who you are, no matter how dedicated you are to your craft, you wind up breaking down a little bit when you wind up getting to more of the middle part of the season. I mean, I'm sure that many people can relate, whether it be a case in which you're playing as a professional athlete like these guys are, whether you're going in day in and day out, taking a look at sort of like analytics of your company, you wind up getting into the just dog days of the summer. Sometimes it does wind up getting to be a little bit much. But with that said, there's always got to be a way to be able to push through. And some of these guys, like a Frankie Montas, the way to be able to push through is by saying, you know what, if I perform very well in this start, maybe my next start will be in a ballpark in which has more than like 500 fans. That is something certainly to take a look at with regards to some of these Oakland A's guys, but I do think that that is really interesting moving forward, and in the odds board right now, if you're taking a look at the futures, certainly is intriguing because there's a little bit of speculation as to where you're going to be able to get with regards to the trade deadline as well. Obviously, it is a ordeal to where that is very tough to be able to take a look forward to, but you know, some of the teams that in the past have on to making moves at the deadline that have worked out and other teams that made moves at the deadline and, well, they have come up snake eyes on some of those as well. But I do find it to be very intriguing to take a look at what we got right now in that market. And I still do think that even with some of these teams that have been having a little bit of a rough time of it coming out of the All-Star break, I still think that there is a little bit of value to be extracted. And you want to be able to take advantage of some overreactionary things as well, like, we wound up seeing in the National League Central race on Tuesday. You're looking at the Cubs, Pirates, or Cincinnati Reds. I salute you because, well, that would take a big, giant run to be able to come through there. But with the Milwaukee Brewers, right now at DraftKings, we're finding them the minus 235 favorite. The St. Louis Cardinals, after they wind up losing to the uh, to the Toronto Blue Jays, at a plus 170. And while the Brewers were able to get a win on Tuesday, the Cardinals, they wind up losing on Tuesday. I think the context is always very important with regards to some of these wins and losses. The Brewers, they were able to get the job done. They were able to have a nice performance out of the bullpen after Ethan Small wanted not necessarily getting a great start. That's part of the issue, though. Ethan Small, a former first-round pick of the Milwaukee Brewers, wound up having to get a start for the team tonight. I personally would have probably went with Caleb Bowsley for those of you guys that have been tracking the AAA Nashville Sounds. He's actually been having a very good season for them. But that said, Ethan Small winds up getting the start, and take a look at him. At the minor league level, it's not necessarily been going so great for him. He had been giving up five walks per nine innings, had really been dealing with some command issues. Guy with really good stuff. In a few years, I think that he can be a very good starter for the Milwaukee Brewers, as a matter of fact. But here in 2022, guy that probably needs to rein it in a little bit more. That wound up being the case as he wound up not being able to complete four innings for the Milwaukee Brewers because... He had command issues. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, while they do wind up losing to the Toronto Blue Jays, keep in mind, they're going to be playing without Paul Goldschmidt along with Nolan Arenado. By far their best two hitters, both 
today on Tuesday, and then they're going to be dealing with that on Wednesday as well because with Toronto, they have the vaccine mandate, so they were unable to make the trip for the team. As a result, they wound up getting clobbered in this game by a kind of 10-3, to and still Jose Barrios. If you take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays side of things, they have been able to go 9-1 and ever since they wound up canning their manager and Charlie Montoyo, but context, very important on those wins as well, but I do think that that is always so intriguing to take a look at because when it comes to wins and losses, some of these runs slash you're able to take a look at some of these, shall we say, slumps. Some of these can be explained by sort of the context around them because you do take a look at a team like the Toronto Blue Jays have been doing a relatively solid job with a 9-1 mark over their last 10 games. When you wind up playing against a AAA Kansas City Royals team, you wind up playing against the St. Louis Cardinals without their top two hitters, you wind up having a few other games against a team like the Boston Red Sox, who I'm not even kidding here. They have not won a single series against a American League East team. I think that they've had a push or two in a series, but they have not won a single series against the AL East all season long. That is something that I think is always very important to keep in mind. It's something to have a little bit of context on as well. Now, you've got a couple of these races in which they're as good as done, despite the fact that the LA Dodgers have been having a little bit of a rough series here against the Washington Nationals. Still like Ace Witcher, a minus 8,000 favorite. They're more than 10 games up on the San Diego Padres. We can pretty much deduce that unless if something goes horribly and very, very horribly wrong at that winds up happening, it is not going to be a case in which anyone's going to be able to catch the Dodgers, even with the way that the Seattle Mariners have been playing. The Astros are rightfully so a big, giant favorite, and that's despite the fact that you do wind up having the Oakland A's be able to pull out the game on Tuesday by having Frankie Montas go out there, give a relatively solid start, and was not necessarily the world's greatest start for them. And by the way, I believe that this is the first series in which the Houston Astros have wound up losing on the road Perhaps this season, if not, it was ever since the beginning of the month of May. So, very intriguing that winds up happening against the Oakland A's. They wound up closing as a plus 140 underdog on Tuesday. But I do think that it is very interesting to take a look at. And you got to wonder which of these teams are going to be buyers and which of these teams are going to be sellers. And like I said before, with track record, I think that it is very key in this instance as well. I take a look at that central race, the first one that I want to bring up. And the reason why I still have a little bit of faith that the St. Louis Cardinals at plus 170 are going to be able to get it done is because we've seen it from the same time and time again. You want to just take a look at them last season, and they were too far out of the division to be able to make that run, but their 17-game win streak pushes them into the one-game wild card. In that one-game wild card, they go down to the final inning, and if it wasn't for the fact that they had a less-than-trustworthy reliever at that time, wind up throwing a meatball down the middle for a walk-off home run of the LA Dodgers. Who knows? Perhaps they are the team that is facing off against the San Francisco Giants in the um, divisional round of the playoffs. And with the Cardinals, a team that time and time again, they wind up making good moves at the trade deadline. We all remember you were thinking, what in the world is John Lester going to bring to the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, John Lester wanted being able to do enough to be able to give the St. Louis Cardinals a couple of quality starts, not necessarily a name that was receiving a lot of buzz, not something that you thought, oh, this is certainly what's going to be able to push the St. Louis Cardinals to the playoffs. That was able to do so for them. And, I mean, let's just go back to last year as well. At this time, the Atlanta Braves, they were a team that was hovering right around 500. Many people were surprised that they wanted being buyers. And as a matter of fact, one of the parts that they wanted buying, Eddie Rosario, he was on the injured list at the time and did not wind up contributing right away. Well, guess what? The Atlanta Braves were able to get hot towards the end part of the season. Those 
moves that they did wind up making. They proved to be very instrumental in their run in being able to win a World Series as the guy that I want to just referencing, Eddie Rosario, he wound up being the, I believe it was, the, the, the NLCS MVP for the team. So you wound up having a team that they wound up doing a great job of being able to fire all cylinders just at the right time. And I think that it is very important to take a look at some of these teams, what way they are trending and just if they're going to be buyers or sellers or not. Obviously, there's folks out there that have a little bit more intel with regards to these organizations rather than myself, but we're getting to that time of year in which it proves to be very important. And coming in next, we got to take a look at what we're getting in terms of the off-the-field situations in the NFL. So we wound up seeing a big signing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's up next right here on v the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy long-lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that has helped millions of people achieve lasting success by offering a smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I'm not sure about you, but... There have been many times in my life where I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't quite ready yet. I'm sure that a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands that there isn't one right time to make a change and that everyone's timeline is different and everyone's on their own journey. So if you feel like you're ready to take that first step forward to make some change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. And if you're thinking about making a change right now, want to learn a little bit more, Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at ZYN.com. That is ZYN.com. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. So we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and a little bit behind the scenes. I always like to crank up the heat a little bit in here. I am one of those crazy people. I think it's because I am from the great state of Wisconsin that whenever you wind up getting to a hotel, there are some people that you crank up the dial on the heat. There are others of you that you wind up cranking it way down in terms of the dial. I'm the person that I see it at like below 70 degrees. I push it up to like north of 75. I don't know. I just like it warm probably because I had to walk in negative 30 windshields when I was in the great state of Wisconsin going to college at UW Oshkosh. 
and I never want to be cold again. That's why I moved to Las Vegas. You don't have to shovel heat, but I look at the thermostat, which is over in the side and saw 66.6 degrees. I don't care if it's warmer or colder. Had to get off of 66.6 degrees, and we wound up having the wonderful staff behind the scenes help out with that. As I mean, everyone that winds up listening to these shows and winds up walking or watching them, it's all thanks to the guys that that wind up doing an absolutely amazing job. Jason, my wonderful producer, he's lined up a quadrant of great guests, and we're gonna have one of those coming up in about 13 or so minutes. Albert Chen does a great job, or Albert Wynn, he does a great job over there. You know him better as Analytics Capper. We're going to be talking with him a little bit about season win totals in the NFL. We're also going to be talking a little bit about some of the baseball futures that he's got, including a gentleman to be able to win the Cy Young Award out there in the National League. Jason does a great job booking all those guests. You've got all of our posts up every single show from every single hour that we've got here on the network, whether you like the look at, whether you like follow the money, list goes on and on. Visa.com slash podcast. You miss anything. We've got you all covered there. Taylor does a great job getting me set up on audio and then all the wonderful graphics that you see. That is courtesy of our good, uh, that is courtesy of our good friend who winds up doing an amazing job just time and time again in Nick, our wonderful technical director. So he does very well in terms of that. But with that said, they do an amazing job of being able to get things taken care of here. And a big thing that we need to get taken care of in terms of just taking a look at the betting market as well as trying to figure out what's real and what's fake in the NFL. Many of you guys might remember yesterday I was talking about and sort of poking fun at what we wind up getting in the offseason right now because right now you're getting a whole bunch of coach speak from a lot of these guys. Every single player that comes out is like, yep, I'm in the best shape of my life. I was walking my dog named Doodles or insert your dog name here for the entirety of the offseason while watching film and things like that. And I mean, you just can't figure out what's actually happening. Now it feels like we're starting to get a little bit more, shall we say, action as these teams have decided that I'm going to actually hit the field a little bit more. And we did wind up seeing a couple of impact moves, in my opinion, on Tuesday. The big one, Julio Jones, is going to be going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we know. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they wound up losing Rob Gronkowski. And I've heard a lot of things in terms of whether or not Rob Gronkowski being off the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it is going to mean a lot or if it's going to mean very little, which typically means that it's somewhere in between. I mean, you're able to find this in darn near everything. There are some outliers where you could have two extremes and it does turn out to be one of those very, very big extremes. I mean, we see it on display time and time again, but there are many people are thinking that, you know what? The loss of Rob Gronkowski, it's going to mean nothing whatsoever. So many people are saying that it's absolutely paramount, but I do think that it's layered together because it's not just Rob Gronkowski who is now out of the fold for the Buccaneers from last season. It's a few different guys, but I do take a look at Julio Jones and him now being a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I still think that he's got a little bit of juice left in the tank. He is now 33 years old. He's been a guy that typically throughout his career has had relatively good speed that has went on him just a little bit, but I think that he could still be a relatively solid receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I mean, with the Buccaneers, the big thing with having him back in the fold as well is just having him healthy, in my opinion, because when it comes to Julio Jones, he wound up just being limited so much in his time with Tennessee last season that you really didn't necessarily get the full Julio Jones experience. And prior to the 2020 season, this guy never really had a season outside of really that 2013 campaign in his rookie season, which he had fewer than 79 catches. I do think that he could still be a big-time difference maker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Now, you're going to be very much relying upon Mike Evans because 
Lionel Mike Evans, he's going to be the one that's actually going to be healthy week number one with Chris Godwin. Still dealing with a few injury concerns, so that is going to be putting them behind the eight ball a little bit. But if you need Julio Jones to be sort of that number two option for a little bit of time to begin the season, I think that he's able to do so. And with Tom Brady, we know how good he's able to just meld with these guys. He's able to bring in a bunch of guys and he's able to get them to really play in the format of the offense. What I think is going to be big for the Buccaneers is really being able to find who that slot guy is going to be this season, whether or not it's going to be Godwin, whether or not you want to maybe plug in Julio Jones into a little bit more of that role. Obviously, the the just a little bit of an opposite as to what he wound up doing while he was with Atlanta when he was really a primary option for this team. Maybe it winds up being something like a Brashad Perryman, Russell Gage, but I think that it's just very important that you wind up having the clear and defined roles for this wide receiver core. And I do think that Tom Brady is going to be able to do a good job of that. And I do think that it's going to be interesting to take a look to see how this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team progresses because we remember the first year that Tom Brady was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It wound up being a case in which they were looking like sort of a pedestrian team that wind up making the postseason after about eight or so weeks. They turned it on the second half of the season when the team wound up being able to gel a little bit more. They then go on to not just be able to make the Super Bowl, but be able to win the Super Bowl. And last season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was relatively solid sledding all throughout. There wasn't really too many bumps in the road up until you wound up having the postseason. But what I noticed with Tom Brady in his last few seasons with the New England Patriots as well is that there were a few games towards the beginning of the season, which it wound up being a little bit of a tough go of it. We wound up seeing a few early season losses with those latter New England Patriots teams, especially when there wound up being a little bit of movement in the offseason. And it wound up obviously inspiring the good old we're on to Cincinnati line of Bill Belichick back in the day. But I think that that is something that you've got to take a look at in terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Perhaps there is going to be a little bit of a hiccup for them in week number one, week number two, I would say. First five weeks is probably the most fair way to be able to put it, but I do think that there could wind up being a little bit of a hiccup and gauging the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from week number one until week number 18, I think that it's going to be a little bit of a different team because time and time again with Tom Brady's teams, they wind up being able to peak at the right time, and that's always so important, not just in the NFL, but just all around in general in terms of sports. I mean, how many times don't we see in the NHL, the team that winds up having that hot, hot goalie, they wind up being able to win the Stanley Cup. We certainly see that in the NCAA tournament. A little bit more of that is dependent upon the draw that you wind up getting in your bracket. But team winds up having a not-so-great start to the season. I'm looking at you, North Carolina. They get an eight seed into the NCAA tournament, and then you know what? They wind up playing their best basketball. They make a big, giant run. They make the national title game. And, hey, Nick, we see that in football all the time. We've been seeing quite a few teams wind up being a wild card. I mean, look no further than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who did not wind up winning their division a few seasons ago. They wind up being able to win the Super Bowl. We are all able to think back to the New York Giants many years ago as well. So I do think that that's always very important to take a look at. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's going to be one of those things in which I wouldn't be put off too much by a couple early season losses. You take a look at weeks one through four on the road against the Dallas Cowboys on the road against the New Orleans Saints, and then at home against the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. The most winnable game out of these four, I would say, is the New Orleans Saints game. And with the Saints, they were probably the second most bruised and battered team in all of football. I would say in terms of NFC teams, they were the team that was hurt the most by injuries. If you're looking overall, I would give that moniker to the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I've been taking a look at quite a bit as a team that was just 
snakebitten, a team that was hit by Murphy's Law last season, but with the New Orleans Saints being able to bring back a lot of pieces themselves, they're not going to be the same team that wound up finishing right around 8-9 last season. And then if you wind up losing to the Atlanta Falcons at home week number 5, then you have a little bit more concern, but I would say with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if it does wind up taking a little bit of time for these pieces to be able to come together, I think that that would be very, very reasonable and understandable. I think that this still certainly is going to be the team to be in the division. I do think that Julio Jones going to be able to make some nice contributions for the team, but I think that with Julio Jones coming in this late in the process as well, you've got to expect there to be a little bit of a learning curve, even though he has been a guy that has been there, done that at the age of 33 years old, but by and large, I do feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a little bit better with this move, and I think that with regards to the loss of Rob Gronkowski, it is one of those cases which, for one, he might wind up coming back anyway, and two, I think that it might be a little bit overblown to this point. Something that I can't overhype, though. The fact that we are going to be having on analytics capper himself does a great job being able to take a look at just so many different betting markets. Albert Wynn, he joins me next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN football guides are coming to you soon, and there's no better way to prepare for both the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every single team with advanced stats and power rankings, plus best bets on season wins, division finishes, player awards, and much more. Reserve your copy of both football betting guides today and get access to everything that we do for the entirety of the football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as we are back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined by Albert Wynn. You may know him better as Analytics Capper, and you're able to follow him on Twitter at that very handle, Analytics Capper. And Albert, had you on a few weeks ago. Glad to have you back. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm glad to be back. We were talking a little bit offline. We have uh, very similar reads, Greg, so hopefully uh, we're both right. Yes, I hope so as well. as We were talking the last segment about Julio Jones, the fact that he's going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So how about if we dive into the team that he wanted playing for for so long, the Atlanta Falcons. And I have went on record and I said that I think that it's going to be a long year for the Atlanta Falcons. If you have a market in which you're able to bet on fewest wins for any team this NFL season, I don't think that the Atlanta Falcons are a very bad look. And I know you've got a similar thought process here. So take me through what you're taking a look at with regards to the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, Greg, I love that. When the Dirty Birds hit the field this year, they are not going to be very good. I'm taking the Falcons under five wins. It's minus 150 right now at DraftKings. I believe it's 160 at the FanDuel. Um, but Marcus Miota, who I really liked actually out of college, um, but it's been half a decade since he's been relevant. He's been kind of riding the pine, being the backup quarterback in uh, Las Vegas for the last couple of years. He is the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they're running back, um, great player, kick returner as well. But he's a converted wide receiver, and he's now their starting running back. And he was a monster last year, but it's just that's just the you know the reality of how the Atlanta roster is being built. The wide receiver core, in my opinion, probably the weakest in the entire league. So now you have you know a, a has been in terms of a quarterback position. The running back is a converted wide receiver, and now your wideouts are not very strong. They do have 
potentially a transcendent star talent there at the tight end position. Um, but other than that, there are not many things going well for them. They do play in the, the a- NFC South, which is somewhat weak. I mean, I think Tampa Bay is going to take a small step back, even though Julio did join them. Um, but there's the Carolina Panthers and New, uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, I think we're a little uh, iffy on them. But with that being said, the rest of their schedule is pretty tough. They're playing the NFC West. Those teams in California are really good, right? The Super Bowl champs and the Los Angeles Rams. You have the 49ers. And they're playing the AFC North, who, you know, Lamar Jackson is back. Joe Burrow. Pittsburgh is always going to be there with their head coach and Mike Tomlin. So I love the under five wins for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Yep, I am right there with you. I think that the only way they can really look at the Falcons right now is to the under. I mean, perhaps they wind up being able to get lucky and they wind up being able to get five wins. That would right there be a push for you. So, I mean, still not the worst result in the world. And, I mean, to your point with the Atlanta Falcons, with Marcus Mariota being the quarterback, maybe they wind trotting out their Desmond Ritter at the end of the year. Whoever Mm -hmm. winds up being the quarterback there, if it's either of those two guys, I don't have any faith in them whatsoever. Whoever winds up being the quarterback when it's all said and done, it is a step back from what they wound up having with Matt Ryan and a team that's going to be looking to take a little bit of a step forward. That'd be the Minnesota Vikings. I think that when it comes to the NFC North, it's a pretty clear cut who's going to be at the top and the bottom of this division. Green Bay Packers most likely going to be number one unless we wind up seeing something pretty drastic. Vikings probably going to be number two unless if we wind up seeing once again something very strange and then the Bears and the Lions going to be fighting it out at number three and number four. But with the Vikings, I think that if they could just wind up getting a clean bill of health for Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. they've got a chance to be able to go over their season win total. I'm seeing it at most places right around a nine-ish. We've been seeing a little bit of movement there, but I think that for the Vikings, a clean bill of health for Dalvin Cook going to be big for a team that overall, I think that they've got some relatively solid pieces and could be a solid playoff team. Yeah, I mean, last year they dealt with a lot of injuries, like you mentioned, at Dalvin Cook. There was a lot of unrest with their hot, with their um, um, head coach in the hot seat. Um, and now, you know, the, the number is at nine, and I, I love this number. We already know their offense is loaded, it's explosive. I think Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that, that can get it done and get you double-digit wins. He's only playing in the primetime only twice this season, so that could be a good thing for him. Um the, the defense is led by solid veterans. Again, it's a new coaching staff. I do think that Green Bay is going to take a step back. Obviously, Devontae Adams is gone, but Aaron Rodgers is one year older. I think, uh, you know, this is where the younger team, the, the the faster team and the more exciting team, especially with Justin Jefferson, um, is able to make some noise. So I do like the, the Vikings over nine wins, minus 115. Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that the Vikings have a chance to be able to steal one of those games from the Green Bay Packers as well, to your point, especially with Devontae Adams no longer with the Green Bay Packers as well. Certainly the Packers should be the favorite in the division. Vikings very clear number two, and then everyone else see going to be a little bit rough for them, and that plays <laughs> yeah. into the Vikings over as well because when you wind up getting to play against the Bears twice and the Lions twice, if you don't go any worse, you should go at the very minimum 3-1, and one, anything worse than that. That would be considered pretty much a failure, in my opinion. And a pair of guys that would be able to do a very successful job all season long have been a pair of guys that are right now battling it out in terms of the American League MVP race. You've got Joey Otani and Aaron Judge really finding themselves as the top two guys. I know that you've got a little bit of a position on this one, and I think that you're taking a look at the favorite here. 
Yeah, so I I think that the the most valuable player every season should be Shohei Otani, but I think there's going to be some voter fatigue, and I think the narrative here is too strong with the New York Yankees, right? Aaron Judge in a contract year, playing out of his mind after 98 games, he already has 38 home runs. Um, he has the most hard hit balls or barrels, if you will. So barrels are balls that hit with a velocity of over 98 miles per hour, with a launch angle of between 26 and 30 degrees. He's leading it by a wide margin over second place Kyle Schwarber, who's actually closer to 26. So uh, the gap between him and the rest of the field is basically just he's a he's a man amongst boys right now. So I think Aaron Judge, again, he's going to have the most majors, um, most home runs. He's most likely going to have the most RBIs. Yankees will make the playoffs because of all those factors. Contract year, I think having the Aaron Judge MVP futures right now, plus 100 even money is a great bet. Yep, and when it comes to being able to take a look at all these futures as well, when it comes to awards that, well, it's going to be left to actual voters themselves, how do you wind up being able to try to just put yourself sort of in the mindset of one of these voters? Because I always think that sometimes it can be a very interesting challenge in and of itself because you can run all the numbers, be like, oh, this player leads in this, 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 and this, but... It doesn't matter sometimes to someone that's over 60 years old and is still maybe sucking a little bit more of the Stone Age in terms of (laughs) analytics. But how do you wind up being able to play that? Because I actually think that the narrative winds up playing so much better for Aaron Judge just because voter fatigue, I feel like, is very real in every sport. And even if Joey Otani winds up going out there and throws a bunch of shutouts, the fact that the Angels have been so bad and the fact that he won the award last year, Mm -hmm. I think is to his detriment, even though it probably should not be. I fully agree. And I think, like I said, I, I, I think Shohei Otana deserves the MVP. As long as he's healthy, I think he's the most valuable player. But to win the award is a completely different discussion. I think you pointed that out perfectly. Yep, and I am in agreement with you there. And a man that I think honestly deserves a little bit of MVP consideration is Sandy Alcantara with what he's done mm. on the on the Miami Marlins. Because if you take him off the Marlins... Where would they be without him? I think that he would have a top five differential in terms of just total wins for any team. Obviously, take Shoya Otani off the LA Angels. That's probably your number one right there. But Sandy Alcantara, with what he's been able to do and all the innings that he's been able to eat, that's very big. And I know that you're taking a look at him in terms of the futures market as well. Yeah, I love Sandy Alcantara, minus 130, National League, Cy Young. Um, You mentioned this, Greg. He doesn't have the best numbers, right? He's not going to blow you out of the water in terms of pure metrics and analytics. Uh, He does have the the highest war, so wins above replacement. There's no one else that's more valuable to a club uh, from the pitcher position than Sandy. Uh, And we know, like, without, without Sandy... Miami wouldn't even be in a discussion. They are looking to be sellers at the deadline. Could you imagine without Sandy, they'll probably be even 10 to 15 games worse. So I think, uh, you know, having the most innings pitched in the majors, more than 20 innings than the second place guy, um, pacing the National League in terms of ERA, I believe he's at 1.81. He has the most starts in the league. He's just a workhorse for this team. He's in his physical prime at 26 years old. I love Sandy Alcantara at minus 130. I don't even think this is a discussion, to be honest. Yep, I'm right there with you. I don't know who you'd have at number two right now, but I've got Sandy Alcantara at number one, and you mentioned the fact that he eats all those innings. Miami Marlins, 
bottom half of the league in terms of their bullpen ERA. So you might have taken that mm-hmm. out of the equation when you bet on that on a game-by-game sort of perspective. And Albert, always great to have you aboard. You lend great insights and you do a great job taking a look at a wide variety of different betting markets. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be on again. Uh, we'll talk soon, Greg. Always great to be able to have Albert Wynn, a.k.a. Analytics Capper, on the show. He does an amazing job being able to take a look at wide variety of things, whether it be football or baseball, and it was great to have him aboard. And coming up next, how about if we wind up going with a few games for the MLB slate for Wednesday and break them down right here on VEASAN, the Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are city casts available for Denver, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Pittsburgh. Subscribe to your local CityCast now wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson. Great to get Albert Wynn, better known as Analytics Kepper, on this show in the last segment. Took a look at a few different futures market, took a look at a few NFL season win totals, took a look at a few things to take a look at in terms of the MLB markets as well for a lot of those awards, and I always think that it's so interesting just picking the brain of so many people that they'd like to be able to bet on these awards because it is a case in which when you wind up betting on awards that are actually voted on by people, not necessarily like the most strikeouts, something that's raw, something that you don't wind up having any sort of a judge, writer's votes, things like that to be able to take a look at because I always think that it is one of the most difficult things to wind up doing because trying to put yourself in the mind of someone that might be like 30 years old voting on one of these awards for the first time versus someone who might be like 75 years old who has voted on like the National League MVP award like 47 different times, things like that. It is always very fascinating. I do think that it's a fun exercise in and of itself. And Albert, one of the best in the business, always great to get him aboard. Big thanks to him. Let's take a look at what we're going to be getting in terms of the MLB slate for Wednesday, though. I will clean one thing up first because this game wound up starting while I was on air. This game is now one final, and you wound up getting a big plus money price with the with the Washington Nationals. You wound up getting there. They wind up taking down the LA Dodgers by a count of 8-3. And for the Dodgers, 
They wind up giving up a combined six runs in the final two innings of this one. If you wind up taking the under, that was a pretty darn brutal beat for you. Wind up taking the over, well, it was a great triumph for you, but Josiah Gray has actually been very, very good on the road this year for the Washington Nationals at home. It's been not necessarily such a great ordeal for him. So that was one that we wound up seeing just go final as I wound up getting on air. Also, do want to brush up Mariners and Rangers as the Seattle Mariners. They get it done against the Texas Rangers 5-4. Sacrifice fly in the ninth inning. Winds up being able to get it done for the Seattle Mariners who wound up going off right around minus 175. Seeing the size of minus 190 on the close for them as well. So, wanted to brush those up and you know what? Let's go with one of those games that we wound up seeing just go final and turn it forward to the next day as Right now, John Gray and Marco Gonzalez are going to be the starting pitchers for Texas and Seattle. The only place I'm seeing a number on this game is Circa. Hopefully, we will get a few more numbers up on the board towards the end of this show. So I will hold off on that one and instead go Nationals versus Dodgers. This is 953-954 on the board for Wednesday as Andrew Heaney is going to be getting a start for the Dodgers. And Patrick Corbin is on the bump for Washington. And Washington is finding themselves a hefty underdog once again. And we're between plus 230, and I'm seeing as high here where I sit at Circa, a plus 258 underdog with the Dodgers. And is anywhere between minus 270 and minus 290 on them with a total of nine. And the juice is a little bit more on the under. But I do think that this is a case where even though the Washington Nationals have had their triumphs in the first two days, you can't wind up just playing the narrative of, oh, the LA Dodgers, they wound up losing two straight games. There's no possible way they can wind up losing this game. Don't wind up doing that and don't just completely pull off the research for this one, being that having that as like the only logic for this game. That never winds up working out very well, in my opinion. So I would say actually do the research on this one. And I do think that the price has gotten up a little bit too high on the Dodgers because Andrew Heaney has made three starts this year, and two of them wound up coming in the month of April. Let's look back to Andrew Heaney and what he wound up doing last season. In that Field of Dreams game that we all remember, he made a lot of dreams come true because a lot of guys wound up hitting ding-dongs off of him. He has not been very good all season long. He has, he, or he was not very good all season long last year, I should say, because he just hasn't thrown much this year. He's got a sub-1 ERA, but he's thrown about 15 innings thus far. His last innings coming in the month of June. It has been a while since we've been able to see Andrew Heaney out there on the field. And I mean, from all reports, Andrew Heaney has been doing a solid job of being able to wind up going through a little bit of rehab, being able to go through his starts at the minor league level. So that should be able to help them out just a little bit. But I mean, you're seeing it on the screen right now, your return on investment with the LA Dodgers. saying this is not including the loss that they wound up taking on Tuesday. So if you include Tuesday's loss, there's 64-32 and 32 for the season, meaning that they close at north of a $2 favorite. You've actually lost money taking a look at the Dodgers on the money line this season. Meanwhile, if you bet them on the run line instead, you've gained a lot of money because with the Dodgers, among their 64 wins this season, 57 of them have come on the run line. I feel like I cannot say how important it is to be able to reduce the juice on some of these teams. Meanwhile, there's other teams that on a little bit of a chalkier number, you either want to take like a run and F with the other team or you want to taking their money line yet a, a little bit more of a heftier price because there are some teams I'm looking at you, the Milwaukee Brewers, who have not been covering the run line as a favorite all season long. The Dodgers, they are not one of those teams. The Dodgers have been very trustworthy on the run line, but 
I cannot trust him in this spot because with Andrew Heaney, you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him. And just to illustrate his minor league numbers thus far this season, he's made five rehab starts, 315 ERA, 13.5 strikeouts per nine innings, but also giving up nearly two home runs for nine innings as well. So there is the good and there is the bad of that. And then you take a look at Patrick Corbin and I want to talk about bad. It has been really bad for Patrick Corbin this season as the team is 4-16 and 16 in his starts. And once again, this is going to go right into my run line narrative here. It is a case in which out of the 16 losses that he has suffered, the Washington Nationals have lost 14 of those by multiple runs. So this is a case where you either want to take a look at the Nationals run line or, or I should say the Nationals money line or you want to take a look at the Dodgers run line. Taking the Dodgers money line at north of minus 250, it just doesn't wind up being worth the squeeze on the juice, to use a little bit of a term there. And when you're taking a look at the run line of the LA Dodgers right now, it's pretty darn hefty. You wind up having it right around about a minus 140 in a lot of spots right now. And this is just something that I can't advocate for. With the Dodgers, they're a team that, once again, if you wind up using that logic of, oh, they've lost two times to a poopy team, there's no way that they can wind up losing a third time to the terrible Washington Nationals. Keep in mind what wound up happening against the Pittsburgh Pirates about two months ago. Pittsburgh Pirates wound up taking the first two games of that series. They wind up taking game number three as well. They wind up getting ravaged by the Pirates. From there, they wind up being able to get back on track, and they wind up winning against the Mets. And I don't know how, I don't know why, but the Dodgers have really had their biggest struggles against the dregs of the league thus far this year. I mean, they wound up winning just one game in their two series against the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. They've had their issues with the Washington Nationals. Meanwhile, when they went up against these significantly better teams like the Atlanta Braves, like the New York Mets, the San Diego Padres, you're able to go down the line. They've had great records against all of them. So it has been intriguing to take a look at the Dodgers from that aspect. Now, with Patrick Corbin, I'm going to make the argument that he's been a little bit unlucky this season. Now, is Patrick Corbin someone that should be up for the Cy Young Award or anything like that? No, heavens no. He's got a 6 ERA. He has been giving up a lot of hard contact in general, but it's not like his command is overly terrible. Right around three walks per nine innings. He's getting eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Just a case of which his fielding independent and his ball and his batting average on balls in play and has been not necessarily so great. Fielding independent is a 461 compared to a 602 ERA. That's 1.4 points of difference. Typically, when you wind up seeing this, it's going to even out just a little bit. Like even last year with Patrick Corbin, he had a 582 ERA and he was terrible, but his fielding independent was nearly a full point higher at a 541. So you got to figure that things are going to iron out a little bit more. Opponents are getting well over 300 off of them. Every ball that gets hit in play and winds up going up against Patrick Corbin. And for the Washington Nationals, to their credit, they do a good job of being able to put the ball in play. They rank in the top 10 in terms of batting average. You still have Juan Soto as of right now. How long they're going to have him? That is anyone's guess at this point. But Juan Soto has north of a 500 on base percentage over the last 21 days for this Washington Nationals team. Josh Bell is hitting above a 300. You've had guys like Keybet Ruiz, Michael Franco be able to get on base for this Nationals team. Luis Garcia is hitting above a 280. So you've got guys that are capable hitters for this team. And the bullpen... It's not been good all season long, but it's been rounding into form a little bit more. Kyle Finnegan is a halfway decent arm that's been able to find it a little bit more. Tanner Rainey's able to give you a couple innings out there in the bullpen. And for the LA Dodgers, Craig Kimbrell, he's been having his issues for the Dodgers. You no doubt have a better lineup as Will Smith, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, all these guys between 15 and 16 home runs. And then Mookie Betts entered into Tuesday with 22 home runs, hanging at 265, and then 
Freeman and Turner, both of these guys hitting above a 300. So is this national team one that should be a favorite in this game? Heck no. This is a Washington national team that they're a hefty underdog and they deserve to be an underdog. I don't think that they deserve to be this hefty of an underdog. And when it comes to baseball, once again, just like in every other sport, you're not betting on teams. You are betting on numbers. And this number has gotten way too hefty on a guy in Andrew Heaney, who has made one start since the month of April, has been spending a lot of time at the AAA level and in the minor league levels, giving up 1.8 home runs per nine innings. I'm going to take a look at the plus price with the Nationals at a nine. I'd be willing to take a look at an over as well. And coming up here in number hour number two of the look at, I'm going to be taking a look at my DK Nation pick in the MLB for Tuesday, for Wednesday, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.